we are being robbed right now. You know, this is probably the greatest challenge of our times. What is keeping us poor, what is creating this increase in the cost of living, what is creating this cost of living crisis is inflation, which is a direct result of money printing. If you've ever wondered what inflation actually is and you're wondering why we always have to put up with it, then in this video today, I'm going to explain to you what it is, why we're always putting up with it, and I'm going to do that in simple layman's terms. So stick with me and I'll tell you everything that you've always wondered about where inflation is concerned. So the first thing where inflation is concerned is what is the definition of inflation? What actually is inflation? In very simple layman's terms, it just means an increase in price or an increase in cost of buying goods and services. When the economists talk about inflation, that's what they're talking about, that everything is getting more expensive. Now, they put an official figure on it to say it's like 2% or 5%. And what that basically means is there's something called a consumer price index, which is tracked in a majority of countries for those specific countries. And what they do is they have a basket of goods in which there's a series of goods and services, and then they put the prices on them or they track the prices on them. So they might be tracking a bag of apples, for example, some pears, houses, so they'll just get disparate things from various industries, put them together in a basket of goods and say, right, we're tracking the prices on these. And then they'll say, okay, over the last two years or three years, these have increased by two or three percent or four or five percent. And therefore, inflation is at whatever figure those basket of goods came to. That's part of the consumer price index. So what that basically means, what the government is trying to tell us or what the economists are trying to tell us is basically uh, everything has gotten more expensive by this much percent. Now, in reality, that's not entirely true. That's basically the mainstream narrative. But what I want to do today is actually explain the actual reality behind it all. So the economists say inflation is just an increase in costs or an increase in prices. The actual reality is that inflation is actually the unit of currency getting cheaper. So if you're in the UK, for example, or you're in the US, you know, whether you have pounds or whether you have dollars, yes, the price is going up outwardly. So outwardly, you can see the price of the apples is going up. It's an increase in cost. But what's actually happening is each unit of currency is becoming weaker and weaker. So it's taking you more dollars or more pounds or more euros to buy a bag of apples. So you could translate that to say, well, it's costing more as in the prices have gone up. But actually what's happened, each unit as in each dollar or each pound is actually buying you less. That's what's actually happening where inflation is concerned. So the question is, why is this actually happening? Because you'd want to ask yourself, you know, why is something going up in price? Or why is it that the pound is getting weaker or the dollar is getting weaker over the course of time? Why is that actually happening? Well, the reason why that actually happens is because more money is being printed. And when I say printed, even that is, is, is a loose term. But as more dollars get printed, as more pounds get printed, as more euros get printed, each unit of that currency then buys you less, it becomes weaker and weaker. So then the question is, why are they printing more and more money? Well, this is where it gets a little bit more involved because we live in a debt-based economy. So you have to understand the mechanism of the creation of money to understand why more of it's being printed all the time. Most people think that when money is created or when money is made, it's printed by the government and they just print a load of money and it comes into circulation and then we can use all of it. What actually happens is money is, first of all, only created as debt. So what I mean by that is 
when you go to the bank and you say want you want to buy a house or you want to buy a car and you need a mortgage or a loan to buy the car or the house that is when the money actually comes into existence it comes into existence as debt so they create that money let's say you want to buy a house for a hundred thousand pounds or a hundred thousand dollars or let's say you want to buy a car for ten thousand dollars when that money is handed over to you that's when it comes into existence that's when it's created so the minute it's created it goes straight into debt as in it served as debt, it's created as debt. So we live in a debt-based economy. So obviously what happens at that point is when the money's being created and it's being created as debt, it's immediately used because obviously you use it to buy the house or use it to buy the car. So when you then require more money in circulation, you have to print more of it. And because of the mechanism of the creation of money, it can only come in as debt. So you know when you're always told, you know, our national debt is $100 trillion or it's $250 billion and people are always asking, well, who are we actually in debt to? It is the bulk of the consumers that are in debt to the bank. That is what's actually meant by national debt, that we are in debt, is because more and more debt is being created, because more and more people are taking out loans to finance their lifestyles. That's what's actually going on. There are countries that are in debt to each other. That happens as well. But for a country like the US, which doesn't need to take debt on from other countries, what's actually happening is the banks are creating more debt because people are financing their lives with debt. So the money comes into creation uh, via debt. And then when that has gone into circulation and there is a strangulation or there is a squeeze, then more money has to be created. But it can only be created because that's what the mechanism is. It can only be created as loans. It can only be created as debt. So because of that mechanism, what happens is that inflation is effectively guaranteed all the time because of the way that the creation of money works. And all fiat currencies do this. The pound, the euro, the dollar, the yen, all of them, they do this because they're governed by central banks. So in the US, you have the Federal Reserve. So they create new money and they create it as debt. You know, even this idea of money being printed is actually also not true. It, it does, money does get printed, but the amount of cash that actually circulates in economies now is actually very small. It's just a fraction compared to the electronic money that's circulating, you know, the money that's stored in banks and things. It's just electronic money. And believe it or not, as, as wild as it sounds, it's, they literally just press a few buttons on a computer and bring that money into existence. It just It's just numbers on a computer. So those numbers just keep on increasing. The more and more people take out loans to finance their lives, their holidays, the cars, the house, the setting up of the businesses, whatever it is that they're doing, the weddings, everything, it's just more and more debt that's being created. And what that does is it just keeps weakening the dollar and the pound and the euro. It just keeps weakening every unit of currency. Since the dollar was created to now, the dollar has weakened by something like 97 98 99% like it's it's a huge huge percentage that it has depreciated because that's how much money has been printed over the last 70 80 years that's how much debt has been created over the last 70 80 years and this is why you know something like a mini cooper that used to cost you a thousand dollars in 1967 now costs you about thirty thousand dollars in 2023 and the economists will argue, well, the Mini Cooper in 2023 is more expensive because it has far more features and it has far more quality and far more value compared to the Mini Cooper in 1967. And that is partially true. Yes, the Mini Cooper in 2023 has ABS, it has power steering, it has electric windows, it has cruise control, it has heated seats, it has a sat-nav, it has all sorts of stuff. The car from 1967, the model from 1967 did not have. But does it justify a $30,000 increase? 
No, because if you compare that to something like filling up the tank, for example, in the car, in 1930, used to cost around about $3. Okay, so a full tank was about $3. If you want to fill your tank up today, it's probably about $100, $150, depending on the car, right? So that's where you see this 97, 98, 99% depreciation in the dollar, because go from $3 to about $100, it's about a 97% difference, if you understand what I'm saying. Because the previous cost of filling up the tank was about 97% less than what the cost is now. Now, you could argue, well, the quality of fuel has improved since 1930s to now, but has it improved that much? No, it hasn't. It has improved. The quality of fuel probably is better, but has it improved that much compared to, say, 80 years ago? You know, is it worth the huge increase in price compared to before compare three dollars to now imagine today you had to buy a bag, bag of apples for three dollars and then tomorrow the same bag of apples was a hundred dollars the apples haven't increased in nutritional density in fact today you actually get less apples in a bag compared to even 10 years ago and they probably cost around about twice as much why is that is because more money is being printed that's what's going on. So the question is, why are we always told that inflation is only marginal? It's just a small amount. When we're all seeing this in the supermarket shelves, in house prices, in car prices, in buying clothes, you know, buying all sorts of goods and services, everything's up like 20, 30, 40, 50%, especially in the last few years. Why are we then told that inflation is not that much? It's just, you know, we're given other reasons as to why things are expensive, you know, supply chain issues, climate disaster issues, other global events, all these other things are blamed and we're told inflation is not so high or it's what they say transitory as in it's just temporary and it will all calm down. Well, the reason for that um, is to do with the CPI that I talked about earlier, the consumer price index. That is a series of very clever mathematical manipulations and mathematical lies, because the only way to describe it, of how inflation is calculated. So they have a series of goods that they put in there, what they call the basket of goods, like I said before, and they will track the price on certain things. But you will find that those basket of goods change every few years. They always seem to track the stuff that doesn't go up in price that much, right? Or stuff that is coming down in price over time. So let's say a new chip was introduced, a new CPU was introduced, and CPUs come down in price over time. Now, if you were tracking that on the consumer price index, after five years, despite the increase in cost because of inflation, as in because of the increase in money printing, because there's economies of scale, because so many chips have been produced, as the manufacturing process becomes more efficient, that starts coming down in price. So you, you kind of get a bit of a leveling effect. So what happens with the leveling effect is you don't see this thing going up in price that much. But in reality, that chip should be even cheaper. But because of the money printing, it's not as cheap as it should be. But if that's part of the basket of goods of the consumer price index, then it looks like, well, this thing is not that expensive. And the thing is, houses are not tracked on the consumer price index, because if they were, you'd be able to see, well, inflation is actually a good 40, 50%, because houses are up like 30, 40% just in the last three or four years alone. They've gone up a huge margin, but it's not tracked. So it doesn't come into the official inflation figures. So therefore, it, uh, inflation is officially a few percent. But it's not the reality of the situation. Now, the government actually doesn't print the money anyway right? It's the central banks that print the money. It's not even the central banks. The central banks actually govern the regulation to do with the printing of the money. The actual printing of the money is done by the commercial banks, 
when they give you the loan that's when the money comes into existence now that's the model that we live in that's the economy that we live in so it's just not something that they're going to change it would just require an absolute massive overhaul and they don't want to do it anyway and the reason why they don't want to do it is because somebody already has some money who goes and buys a house right if i have somebody that has a lot of money that i can afford to buy four or five houses cash then i can just wait and I can wait for those to go up in price because I know that the central banks or the commercial banks, they're going to keep giving out mortgages. They're going to keep giving out loans, which means the money's going to keep getting printed. And then that's going to weaken each unit of currency. Therefore, the amount of each currency that's required to buy each of those houses is going to be more. In real terms, that means the same house that was now £100,000 four or five years ago is now £200,000 five years later. So... If I'm somebody who wants to become asset rich in that way, I would actually prefer that the banks continue to keep printing more money. The more money they print, the better for me. So it's actually a mechanism by which the rich remain rich. That's why we actually have inflation. That's why we live in this kind of an economy. It's because it's designed to serve the rich. The poor man can't afford to buy these things in cash. He has to go and get out of debt, right? And he just has to spend the extra money that it takes to, to, to buy that house. But the guy that already owns these assets... For him, it's just going up more and more and more in price. All he has to do is just wait for the for the powers that be just to keep on printing more and more money. And it, it just keeps going up and up in price. That's why they always say, well, real estate, you can't go wrong with real estate. It's the ultimate investment because houses never come down in price. Yes, that's true to an extent. It's not entirely true because if the money printing was to stop, and if, if that mechanism was to change by which new money is created, as in no new money was created at all, house prices would stop going up. If people stop taking out mortgages, if they stop taking out loans, because that's how the money comes into existence, house prices would start to stagnate and they would stop. And then eventually what you would find is that they would actually start to reverse. Because if you really think about it, what is the actual increase in quality in a house from, say, 20 years ago to now? If nobody does anything in that house, they don't decorate the house, they don't do an extension on the house, they don't do anything to that house. Why should you pay more for that house 20 years later than when it was purchased? It doesn't make any sense. It's not increasing in quality. It's the same thing with the bag of apples. Like, where is the actual increase in quality or the increase in value from five years ago to now? you're arguably getting less nutritionally dense apples now than you were 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And you're probably getting less apples in the bag because of this thing called shrinkflation, which is where they very cleverly give you less of the same product but charge you the same price because they don't want to mask the effects of inflation. They want people to keep buying. They don't want people to panic. So inflation really keeps the rich rich, things that they can afford to buy for cash. And this, this whole idea that real estate is the ultimate investment, that model only works because of inflation. If it wasn't for inflation, that model wouldn't work. And when I say inflation, what I'm actually saying is a debt-based economy, i.e. where this money just gets created out of thin air and is just brought into existence. Crypto bros make money literally by making money and they've made over a trillion dollars out of thin air. Um, they'll accuse the US government of making money out of thin air. Maybe we do, but we're the US government. So even with cryptocurrency, people always say, well, you know, there's a fixed amount of tokens, there's a fixed amount of that currency. But you have to understand, it's just a piece of software. It's just electronic code. And that code can always be changed. So you can always introduce more of that currency. You can always change the parameters of it. You can move things around with it. And so you find, and as these things happen, you find it just, it just uh, fluctuates and moves up and down. And, and it is subject to inflation. Currency 
All forms of electronic currency are subject to inflation because more of it gets produced. There have been these arguments that have been made against Bitcoin and that's not going to happen with Bitcoin, but it, it, cryptocurrencies can still be subject to it because it's man-made software and man can change his mind and he can change it however he wants. This is something that doesn't happen to gold and silver because the amount of new gold that's minted or the amount of new silver that's minted or you know is discovered is mined is absolutely minimal compared to all the silver or all the gold that's already in existence that's not the case for uh, fiat currencies like the us dollar and the pound it's the complete reverse of that the amount of new money that was printed with these currencies is far far more compared to the original amount that was made 70 or 80 years ago it's the complete polar opposite where gold and silver are concerned and that's why despite the dilution of silver prices and gold prices because there's a whole play out there that, that dilutes those prices what an ounce of silver buys you today is the same as what it was buying you 10 15 20 years ago and is the same as what it was buying you 100 150 years ago because it's not subject to inflation we are being robbed right now you know this is probably the greatest challenge of our times what is keeping us poor and what is creating this increase in the cost of living what is creating this cost of living crisis is inflation which is a direct result of money printing. This is why I get really frustrated, you know, with people that say, well, one house is allowed, one house is halal, it's okay, it's daruda, you know, it, it, it's okay. You don't understand how you are directly, not indirectly, but directly contributing to the problem of inflation. You are directly contributing to increase in living costs because the money only gets created there and then as debt. So the more debt that's taken on, even if it's halal debt, if, if you go into a bank, even if it's an Islamic bank, you go to an Islamic bank and you take on debt to buy a house, you brought new money into existence and you have directly contributed to inflation, which means only a year or two years or three years down the road, you're going to have an increase in living costs. You're a direct contributor to it. If you take out a mortgage, you take out loans because that's how this economy works. And that's why these Islamic banks aren't actually Islamic because... It destroys society, it destroys civilization. We're all suffering right now because of the record amounts of money that have been printed in the last few years and because it's been justified by so many things, the global events and this disaster and that disaster and this need and that need. But all that's done is created an increase in, in the cost of living. That's all it's done. This is why I say, well, it's not just me that says it, but this is why we have to go back to gold and silver as a form of currency because it's not subject to inflation in this way you can't print more gold you can mine a little bit more of it you can't print more silver you can mine a little bit more of it but relative to the total amount it's 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 a very small amount and there are other arguments that people make against silver and gold there's only a limited amount in the world there's only a swimming pool's worth all these kind of things when you get into the mathematics of it all and you sit down and work it all out you find actually those things are trivial in comparison to everything else that we're putting up with where fiat currencies are concerned. But that's what we need. We need precious metals. We need to go back to a currency that uses gold and silver. That's the only way out of this crisis because it's making us all poor. It's breaking us up as a society and as a civilization. It's making us even more dependent on the powers that be. It's making us even more subjugated. It's making us even more helpless. It's making us even more powerless. So if we want to be inflation, we have to get away from fiat currencies. We have to get away from anything that man can create more of or manipulate. Because whether it's cryptocurrency or whether it's fiat currency, they are in control of that, not you and I. And you need a currency that is not in anybody's control, which as far as I and many of Lamar are concerned is gold and silver.
If you have any questions about the content or the subject matter, the things that I've discussed in this video, then please sign up to my Discord. The link is in the description below. It's a small app that you can use, very similar to how chat groups used to work before. You can be anywhere in the world and sign up for it. All you have to do is, is sign up via Patreon, which will then give you access to the Discord app. It is a like-minded community of other people that are talking about the same things, but we can just speak openly to each other. You might have some questions of your own, or you might have some insight of your own. Come and talk to me, come and talk to others. We can share ideas with each other and we, and we can grow as a community.